Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. LSU two out of three. The baseball diamond against Mississippi State. Top five team last week, although they're eighth in the polls this week. It was a good bounce back for LSU after those four losses and helped Tiger fans at least uh, you know quell that uh, bad taste in their mouth a little bit after that Michigan State loss in the Sweet 16 earlier in the week. Jeff Palermo of LRN, Louisiana Radio Network, joining us on LSU Sports Radio Network. What's going on, Jeff? A busy weekend. And look, a good one for LSU baseball after all the all the, the sky is falling talk like we see so many times, right? Yeah, for uh, yeah, and you would think uh, LSU baseball fans are very loyal and, and they are very knowledgeable, but you would think uh, <laughs> after watching this program for the last, I don't know, 30 years that uh, every every team goes through their lulls, and that's what they had. They had a four-game losing streak where uh, in, in two of those games against Georgia, they, they battled right down to the end, and uh, they they only lost by a couple runs in, in those two games. And then, yeah, the McNeese game is really hard to explain. That was, that was not pretty at all. And then they, they battled Mississippi State again on Thursday. They got down 6-2. to two. Uh, ended up making it a game. It wasn't like, um, and again, I know the McNeese loss was pretty bad, but just the fact that they only had four hits and didn't score a run. But it wasn't like when they were playing Georgia and Mississippi State, two teams ranked in the top ten, that they were getting crushed eight to one, nine to two, or anything like that. They were right in those games. Um, and then Friday night, Antoine Duplantis, second pitch of the game, hits a sharp single right up the middle. Josh Smith hits a, a single. They got runners at first and third, and then with two outs, Chris Reed delivers a home a run, and they end up scoring three runs in that inning. And the team just kind of took off from there. And it's the old adage in baseball. Sometimes it just takes one swing, and it gets the team right back in the direction that they should be going. And that's exactly what happened when Antoine Duplantis singled right up the middle on Friday night for his 300th career hit, by the way. And uh, LSU baseball never looked back the next two nights. And, and look, I'm not a, a guy who watches LSU baseball and lives and dies with every pitch all season long. I watch almost every game, but I'm not Christian Carrick who's, you know, tweeting, live tweeting every <laughs> single pitch, right? But I have never felt this season, not once, have I ever been concerned about this team, Jeff. Should I be? Well, it, it's not a perfect team. I, I will say that. I don't know if it's the as good as the preseason number one ranking that they got. Uh, not to say that by May or June that it, it's once again looking like the number one ranked team. Um, I, I think there are some concerns. I mean, they right now third base and catcher are are two positions where you you got guys and you got multiple guys hitting in those two positions, and you're you got guys hitting below two hundred. Um, that's not going to cut it. They're, they're going to have to figure out something there at second base and catcher. So Garza has been a has been a, a disappointment at this point, uh, and they really could use another right-handed bat, uh, a productive right-handed bat. Right now they're really just relying on Zach Watson, 
and that's a bit of a concern. Of course, they don't have any lefties in the, in the, on the pitching staff. That's a bit of a concern. Um, but I, I think what we've seen here, even during that four-game losing streak, that this team has the pitching to compete with with anybody. And, and look at what they did on Saturday and Sunday. And, and even after you get beyond the Zach Hess start on Thursday, what Trent Bittmeyer did against Mississippi State out of the bullpen on Thursday night, I mean, that was a team that had scored 53 runs in its last three games, and LSU's pitching really nullified them after they, they rocked around Zach Hess a little bit. So um, I think the pitching is good enough, Seth, to, to really make a, a strong run in Omaha. And I'll throw Zach Hess, Cole Henry, and, 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 um, and Eric, Eric Walker out there against any other three-man rotation in college baseball. I think it's, I think it's that good. Because uh, I think you feel like uh, two out of those three guys every weekend are really going to give you a good start and give you a chance to win. Yeah, maybe one guy's going to get lit up a little bit like Zach Hess did, but I think you feel pretty good about the other two, especially if Eric Walker really uh, starting to uh, look like the Eric Walker of uh, two years ago prior to the Tommy John surgery. It's Jeff Palermo of the Louisiana Radio Network and LSU Sports Radio Network joining us here. It's interesting you mentioned Zach Kess there. Fantastic start a week ago against Georgia, going eight uh, innings, no runs. But he reverted to that that inconsistent Zach Kess that it's been now for a year and a half, really frustrating LSU fans. And, and I do look at Zach Kess maybe through an unfair lens, Jeff, uh, of one like the, the Alex Lang lens, the Aaron Nola lens, that you just expect your Friday night guy to go out there, beat the brains out of everybody, and then become you know an, a first-round draft pick. Is that kind of an unfair standard that, that that Friday night starter for LSU is now being held to and Zach Hess is being held to? I, I do agree with you on that, Seth. I, I think we, LSU fans, uh, those that cover LSU, have been spoiled here because of the great run of Friday night starters they've had. You just kind of mentioned him. I mean, you can even go back to 2009 when they had Anthony Renato. Um, I mean, they had just a, an absolute great run of just Friday night pitchers here um, and guys that are now pitching in the majors. And I, I don't know. Uh, I don't think – I mean, Zach Hess's stuff is as good as those guys. Uh, he was he, – he was, in the Thursday game, he's up 2 to nothing in the fourth inning. He's got a one-two count on a hitter with a couple men on, and there's two outs, and he throws a fastball up and in, and the guy knocks it out of the park. I mean, if, if he makes one pitch there, who knows how that night goes. But the location wasn't where it needed to be, and, and the guy hit it out of the ballpark. So um, those are the things that, uh, that, that happen. It, it is a little head-scratching. Um, but I, the two starts before that were really good from Zach Hess. And I think if you could get – you know, three out of if out of four starts, if three of them are really good, I think you'll live with that again because you like what your options are with your uh, game two starter and your game three starter. And there's other guys coming out of the bullpen that are pitching really well. I mean, to me, you look at this, you look at this pitching staff. I think there's six, seven guys that you can really depend on. I mean, the, the three starters: Vitmeyer, uh, Matthew Beck, uh, Devin Fontenot. And then hopefully uh, Todd Peterson comes around a little bit and it's kind of the Todd Peterson that we saw at the end of last year. That, that gives you seven pitchers that I think you can really count on that most times are going to go out there and really give you a great, a great effort or a great uh, outing. 
Um, and that's probably a lot more than what other college teams can uh, muster. I mean, look at Mississippi State this past weekend, or number two ranked team in the country going into that series. They don't have a game three starter. They, they started their midweek starter against LSU. He only lasted two innings. So uh, LSU certainly doesn't have that problem this season. No doubt. But they have a problem with the team that they're going to face. Very good one. And I guess it's like every single week here in SEC play. But Texas A&M leads the SEC West by a half game. Real big series here for the Tigers, Jeff. It is. And they're going to face a lot of left-handed pitchers here over the next couple of weeks. And to me, that's, uh, that, that could be a little concern because LSU is so left-handed dominant. Um, but if Antoine Duplantis and Chris Reed are able to hit lefties good, um, and, and I would say those are two-year better left guys that hit off of left-handers, uh, I think that's a good – if those guys can stay as hot as they were this past weekend, uh, and LSU's chances are uh, – you, you got to like LSU's chances. But it is going to be hard <laughs> – for what Antoine Duplantis and Chris Reed did in uh, the Friday and Saturday game, that's going to be tough to duplicate. That's why you're you're hoping some other guys can step up. C.J. Willis gave them a really nice spark uh, off the bench Thursday. Hits a pinch hit double for an RBI with two strikes on him and then drives in three runs on Saturday, or excuse me, Friday. And then Saturday he had another good game where he drove in, I think, a couple runs and had a hit. Um, so if you can get more guys to kind of step up and, tell you what if they can if they can get some offensive production especially out of second base um catcher you know sometimes you just you just want that guy be a good defensive catcher brock mathis has done a better job throwing guys out i think he does an outstanding job blocking balls at the plate um but if they can figure out if, if hal hughes or brant broussard can give them something offensively that would really help this offense especially a guy like brant broussard who had a really good career at Delgado, uh, high hopes for this kid. He was he was hitting the ball very well last year until he injures his thumb, and now he's, he's struggling once again. But he can give you that speed, and he can play some defense for you. He can be that number nine guy, kind of that second leadoff man, but he's got to get on base more often. If he can do that, I think that really sets this offense up to do some good things. Chatting with Jeff Palermo at Jeff Palermo LRN on Twitter. Give him a follow there. Uh, basketball here, Jeff. Um, how are you going to look back on this season? And I'm not just talking about now, but you know, say two, three, four years from now. You're going to remember the Will Wade stuff. Or you're going to remember the Sweet 16 run. Uh, I, I think you're going to. That's a good question. I think you'll remember both. I, I think you'll. I guess we still have to wait and see what ends up happening, right? Um, you know, as, and in particular with the NCAA sanctions, um, if there are any, if, if anything comes out of that, it's it's still too early to tell. Um, was this just kind of a, a mirage of a season? I don't even know if that's the right word, but um, it, it's. I, I think it's a. a I think you kind of look back at it as a frustrating season in a sense, right? Because they, they had such a talented team and then they get caught up in this FBI wiretap scandal. You lose your head coach and uh, then you get, you get a tough draw, especially considering the the two and one seeds that were in the regional. Um, I, I think even with Will Wade as their head coach, if, if the FBI, if the Yahoo report never came out and Will Wade was their head coach, um, and they were the number three seed in that region. I think, I think the same result would have happened. Uh, they maybe they wouldn't have gotten beat by Michigan State as much as they did, but I think they got put in a tough situation there because I think that team was 
in the right third, you know, if they were out west, Gonzaga's the number one seed. I think that's a team that could get into the Final Four. Um, but I, I think it's it's just frustrating where maybe you just didn't see where it could go with its full potential. And obviously the, the Wade Sims uh, murder at the beginning of the year. I mean, what he could have meant to this team if, if he was there as well. Another veteran guy, um, who knows, could have, could have really helped him out as a lot helped them out a lot as well. So uh, you'll remember a lot of the great games. I mean, the, the yeah. win at Kentucky, the beating Tennessee at home, uh, coming back from 17 down, beating Auburn in the regular season. A lot of great moments. It was fun watching Tremont Waters hit game-winning shots. Um, but in the end, there's, I think it kind of leaves you wanting a little bit more. Um, but unfortunately, uh, because of circumstances, they couldn't do that. Jeff, it's always a pleasure, my man. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for all the insight. No problem, Seth. Thank you. Jeff Palermo of Louisiana Radio Network on Twitter, at Jeff Palermo, L-R-N. Back with the calls and texts after this. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.